I'm Dan Dews. And I'm Meredith Kelly. The hosts of Little Listener's Lounge. Be prepared to listen and learn about the magic of kids' podcasts. We talk to hosts, creators, producers, and writers and peek behind the scenes of their work. We've had some amazing guests. The deputy director of NASA. Everybody pretending to run away from a T-Rex. Is this what jellyfish are made out of? I see Lincoln's underpants. Join us to learn something new about some of your favorite podcasts. Subscribe to Little Listener's Lounge wherever you get your podcasts. guys firstly thank you so much to all of you that support us on patreon you are helping us so much remember listeners if you support us on patreon you will get access to more than 50 archived and unreleased stories such as the elves and the shoemaker the goat's ears of emperor trojan the battle of thermopylae the tale of mr jeremy fisher far too many to list right now to listen just go to patreon.com and search for buy kids for kids story time you know Although we've been locked down for so long, it feels like we've been around the world. Kids have joined us from Germany, South Africa, India, America, Iceland, Canada, Australia, Kenya, Mexico, and Singapore. We have kids from almost every continent. We just need someone from Antarctica. Are there any kids there? I doubt it. Wherever in the world you are, we would love you to join us. Just head over to bykids4kids.co and audition for the podcast. Today, we have a special talented guest. My name's Louie Bricker from Washington, D.C., and I really like baseball. Thank you, Louie. You have the perfect fierce voice for this episode. Speaking of which, I think it's time to cut the intro music and get on with the story. William Tell and the Apple The story I'm about to tell you is a legend that may or may not be true. I hope it is. It takes place in Switzerland. Now, many people think of Switzerland as a happy place with snowy mountains, delicious Swiss chocolates, Swiss cheese with great big holes in it, Swiss army knives loaded with handy tools, and St. Bernard dogs that carry a little barrel of brandy on their collars to rescue unfortunate travellers trapped in the snow. However, it wasn't always a happy place. Centuries ago, the people of Switzerland were ruled by a terrible tyrant called Albrecht Gessler. He was very cruel and made their lives a misery. A real meanie pants. He loved it when people bowed and groveled at his feet. He took great joy in making them feel small so he could feel big. The problem was he also took great joy in putting his feet up by his fire. So he came up with a plan that enabled him to have everybody heap their praises on him without him ever having to leave the comforts of his home. He marched into town with a procession of frightened servants behind him. He instructed them to bring a long pole and spades and shovels with them. Once they arrived at the public square, 
He ordered everyone to clear a space in the middle of the marketplace. He stamped his foot into the very middle of the square, turned to his servants and cried, Dig a hole six feet deep. The servants dropped the pole and dutifully began to dig, while Gessler and the curious crowd of people looked on. Soon enough, the hole was finished. And now, commanded Gessler, you must place my hat at the top of the wooden pole, then bury the bottom of the pole in the hole. The servants did as they were told, and before long, the pole stood in the center of the marketplace with Gessler's hat on top of it. The hat was very smart, covered with gold embroidery and colorful feathers. He thought it made him look very clever and important. He then instructed one of his frightened servants to kneel on his hands and knees on the ground. Then Gessler stood on top of the kneeling servant and shouted, People of Switzerland, hear me now. As you know, I expect all of you to demonstrate your loyalty to me, your master, at all times. However, I have no interest in being in this filthy market at all times. So, I declare that from now on, everybody in this town and all visitors must bow before my hat. Do I make myself clear? The crowd muttered and looked at each other uncertainly. But above the noise, a loud laughing could be heard. <laughs> Silence! Screamed Gessler. Silence! The crowd felt silent. But the laughter continued. <laughs> Who dares to laugh at me? He shrieked, his face turning red as he stamped his foot. It is I, William Tell! Came a strong, booming voice. The crowd quickly parted to reveal a sturdy, bearded man standing with his strong arms folded and a skinny young boy at his side. He glowered at Gessler under his bushy eyebrows and said, I will never bow to you or your hat. The crowd gasped. Gessler furiously stepped down from the poor kneeling servant beneath him, summoned his guards with their long spears and razor-sharp swords, and quickly marched up to William. Gessler was a short man and only came up to William's belly button, so he ordered his strongest guard to lift him up to the same height as William. William Tao, he said when he was face to face with the tall man. I know you. I will not tolerate such rebellious impudence in my town. I am your master, and you will bow before me. I think not, little man, said William calmly. This is not your town. This is my town. This is our town! He roared, looking at the townsfolk for support. The crowd cheered on. Gessler was fearful, for he knew that if one person disobeyed him, others would soon do the same. He had to teach William Tell a lesson that everyone would remember, so that they would know that he, Albrecht Gessler, was their true master. 
Now, William Tell's home was in the mountains, and he was a very famous hunter. No one in all the land could shoot with a crossbow as well as he could. Gessler knew this, and so he came up with a cruel plan to punish William Tell with his own skill. Such impudence cannot be tolerated in my town. However, I am known to be a merciful master. He wriggled in the grip of the guard that was carrying him. Put me down. He commanded. Ah. The guard did as he was told. Ah. Gessler turned to the skinny boy standing at William's side, who was William's son. Gessler seized his hand and dragged him to one side of the marketplace. Stand over here, he ordered. Next, he marched over to a fruit cellar and snatched a ripe green apple. He returned to the skinny boy, stood on his tiptoes and placed the apple on the frightened boy's head. And now for you, shouted Gessler, turning to William. You have one chance, one chance only, to save your life and the life of your son. If you can shoot the apple off his head with your crossbow, you will both be spared. But you may use only one arrow. If you aim too high, you will miss. The arrow will be gone and you will both be doomed. If you aim too low, he said with a nasty smile appearing on his face. Well, I don't think I need to explain what will happen to your son. The crowd gasped in horror at such a cruel challenge. Fear was written all over the face of poor William's son. William looked at him from across the square. Have no fear, son! He called out. Just close your eyes! Stand firm and stand still! And have faith in my skill! The boy became calm at his father's words. He knew that his father was the most skillful marksman in all the land. The crowd was silent. William took out an arrow and loaded his crossbow. He placed his feet firmly in position and raised the crossbow. He loved his son more than anything in the world. He knew that he had to hit the apple. He would not allow his hands to tremble or shake. This was the most important shot of his life. He heard his own heart pounding in his ears as he aimed at the apple. He saw the calm, trusting face of his precious son, and he too became calm. He knew he could do this. The crowd was holding their breath. So was William. He carefully aimed and squeezed the trigger. The crossbow arrow whistled through the air. William could see it flying away from him in a perfectly straight line. He saw it slam straight into the middle of the apple, which split into two pieces that fell on either side of the skinny boy. 
The crowd broke into a cheer. William's son opened his eyes to see his father running forward to embrace him. Gessler looked on in disgust. As William ran to his son, Gessler saw something slip from William's coat onto the ground. It was another arrow. Gessler snatched up the arrow and screamed, Here's a cheat! A cheat! Why, when I permitted you the use of only one arrow, do you have another arrow in your coat? William turned around and cried, The second arrow, you pathetic weasel, was for you! William hugged his son and lifted him up onto his shoulders as the crowd cheered. Gessler stamped his foot and screamed, ordering his guards to attack. They reluctantly obeyed. Gessler did punish William Tell, but not for long. You see, William escaped, and Gessler was never again seen in Switzerland. Maybe he ran away, or maybe the second arrow silenced him forever. Either way, the Swiss were free, thanks to William Tell and his brave son. Hey guys, if you like this episode, please share it with your friends and family. It is one of the best ways to support BKFK Storytime.